Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ, Season 6, Episode number 22. In today's episode, I did an interview with Coach Ty Cooper of Pinnacle Basketball out of New York. Um, just to give you all a little bit of background on, on, on Coach Cooper, Coach Cooper is a uh, played high school basketball. He got opportunity to go on to play in college, and he even got the opportunity to play some professional basketball in Mexico. Uh, he played in USBL and the NPBL, uh, but then he got a chance to get into some skill development. He's been mentored by some of the biggest names in the game, and I decided to bring him on and, and just kind of just talk skill development. Uh, we connected through social media, so I wanted to bring him on and, and just let him share some of your knowledge. I did have some audio issues in the beginning of the interview, and that's why I'm doing his bio, his intro on this episode. So when we get started into the interview, it's going right into the questions. Um, but this is a good episode. I hope y'all enjoy it. So this is my interview that I did with Coach Ty Cooper of uh, Pinnacle Basketball. When it comes to skill development, you know, we see a lot of different type of coaches and they have a lot of different type of philosophies. But what is what what is your definition of skill development? How do you how do you view that and and how important is it to the game of basketball? It's extremely important to the game of basketball. Would not be able to evolve without. X's and O's, but they may not be very good in breaking their skills. Something is as simple as a pin down. You know, as a coach, you can say, hey, this is how this is a pin down screen and this is what you do. These are the reads off of it, blinds explain. But being able to demonstrate footwork, learning to check your inside shoulder, footwork down on a curl, you know, on, on a step behind or that's where the skill development. I think my definition of skill learns how to break down down the micro skills, the details of every skill. Yeah. Yeah, you got better. How do you apply, how do you those skills into a game like set? So as a player development coach, uh, we 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 see a lot of different players um, mm -hmm. come to us from a lot of different backgrounds. Some are very experienced, some are young. What do you like to do when you're working with a player for the first time? How do you like to evaluate their skills so you can get them on the right track to, to reach whatever goals that they're trying to reach? Yeah, so if, like, if I've never seen a kid play, you know, I kind of have um, what we call like an assessment where we'll kind of break down a few basic skills when you're doing like one-on-one. -on -one. You know, ball handling, that involved, you know, I'm watching things on how you dribble a basketball. I'm watching your 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 footwork, your timing with the dribble in the feet. I'm watching that. I'm watching your balance when you take layups. Um, shooting, you know what I'm saying? I'm watching how you shoot the ball off the catch, how you shoot the ball off the dribble, how you shoot free throws. Um, I'm going to watch how you move to a spot to catch and shoot. I'm gonna watch how you move to a spot to catch and drive. You know, so um, 
I'll watch how you dribble the ball to a spot to pivot and pass as best you can. You know, I, I just kind of give them a little bit of a rundown of some of the basic skills that'll happen. And then we kind of go from there. Cause I, I think what coaches need to understand when they're listening to this is you have a certain system or you have an evaluation that you use to be able to determine where the players are. And this is something I've been telling coaches for a number of years. You can't get, it's, it's more difficult for you to reach a destination if you don't know where you're starting, right? Absolutely. So, you know, if I'm trying to come to you in New York, when I get ready to put in New York as my destination and my GPS, one of the first things it's gonna wanna know is where am I starting? Where am I, mm -hmm. where am I leaving from? So we have to make sure that we, we are able to give somewhat of a proper evaluation to understand our player's strengths, weaknesses, where they can get better, um, what can they do well, what they cannot do well. And, and one thing I was talking with uh, another trainer about this, um, his name is Terry Drake. Uh, he's out of, out of Birmingham. He talked about how when he figures out what they need to work on, like he, write, he writes some uh, red, yellow, and green. And mm -hmm. if it's red, hey, we got to get on this right now. This is, this is of the utmost important that we, that we tackle this skill or improve this skill. And then you have your yellow and then you have your green. So I think it's important coaches, especially if you're coaching a team and you're putting together skill development for your program, for your team, understand where your players are so you can take them from where they are to that destination, wherever that destination uh, may be. I, I agree. I, I think that you, you have to have some kind of a foundation yeah. and it starts with, with clarity. If you're coaching a team, you got to break things down for yourself and your staff. If you have staff working with you, what are the three most important skills that all the players need to know? We don't need to try to tackle a bunch of things at once. Let's take care of the three, the three most important things offensively the kids need to know. What are they? What does that look like? How does, how do we reach each player in that? And for some coaches, it's going to be different stuff. Yeah. But if you're dealing with youth players, I'm not going to have uh, a pace and space dribble drive offense with, with fifth <laughs> graders if they have a hard time making layups by themselves or can't catch, you know, so you got to know where you, like you said, the starting point, what's the starting point. I just, I, what I did with my CYO kids, the most important skills that they needed to know was catching, passing and cutting and knowing how to get to an open spot. How you, it, listen, if you make the shot, if you don't, don't get too crazy about it. But the fact that you were able to get the shot off is a win for us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because when you have, you ever watch a group of nine-year-olds play basketball that never played basketball before, what that looks like, you know what I'm saying? For coaches <laughs> and parents and see this stuff and, and yeah. you know, CYO basketball, you got kids that never played basketball before that these are the things you're going to have. Everybody's following the ball. So it's like 10 kids all following the basketball, you know, they're always on the floor. You know what I'm saying? The scores of the game are very low. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And then you have, you have parents that's wild and crazy in the stands. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, yeah. that's always, that's always going to happen, you know? Um, and that's, that's a whole another topic. We see what made me good as a coach at that level is I didn't have no bias. I didn't have a son or a daughter that played on the team. Mm -hmm. It was about 
making sure that the kids had fun Have and fun. that they were learning while they were having fun. Because if you treat it like it's a job, then it's not going to be fun. When you're dealing with kids, you got to be enthusiastic. You got to have charisma. You got to have energy. You got to you got to match that and and show them why this stuff is fun to do. So, you know, our offense was pretty simple, but it I showed them how to play a little bit. So, regardless of where your skill set was, you had I always I, one of my favorite drills we would do this every day is our monkey in the middle drill where the person in the middle will throw the ball to one of the guys and then you go and you play defense. So what are we working on? Catch, fake high, pass low, pivot. Mm. Fake low, pass high, pivot. We would do that for 10 minutes all the time. Every time we would have practice, we would do that. And then we would work on passing, cutting. Get a layup, you don't have it, space out and catch the ball in triple threat. We wouldn't even do any action after that, but learning how to cut through, re-space to an open spot on the floor and catch the ball in triple threat, squaring to the rim is a skill all by itself. Mm-hmm. So we can't work on re-space, catch, up fake, jab, drive. That's too much, no, too, too much, much instruction, too much yeah. instruction. You gotta do the bare minimum. Triple threat, pass, cut through, look to score, we don't have it, cut to an open spot on the floor, catch the ball on balance, triple threat, face the rim. That's it, that's that's the drill. So, you know, you have to have a foundation on what you're going over with kids. And my important ones was passing, catching, and cutting. Those are the most important ones. And, and again, coaches, what he just told you was what's important to him and what he needs with his players to be able to do. So again, it's based on your style of play, your players, their skill levels. And again, three, maybe four max, but three is a good number of number of skills that you feel like every player on your team needs. And one coach may say ball handling, uh, finishing, and we might throw in shooting, but I, I feel like shooting is going to be one of those skills anyway. So, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you got to you got to figure out what works for you and your team and your program and your skills that those players need as a bare minimum. Then you can look at position. Okay, my my point guard, my wing, and my post they need to have these additional skills too to be successful in my system and to make them a better player. But the the foundation you're going to need to have about three skills that you want everybody to work on. Right. Youth, when you're dealing with, with youth, especially youth basketball, youth, youth basketball is, is so, so important. It's probably the most important level within our country as a whole, because I think what happens is we get so wrapped up into wanting to win games that we get away from teaching and, you know, it's give the ball to the best player and let them do their thing. If you're the biggest kid, oh, don't let them dribble a ball. They always stick them under the basket, you know. So, you know, we we you know, and 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 some people who are coaching, you know, you probably got a son or daughter that's probably the point guard on the team, you know what I'm saying? That can do pretty much no wrong, and all it does is frustrate other parents. So yeah. hopefully your child is good, you know what I'm saying, and 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 that will work out. But you know, we have to get to teaching 
all the kids the same stuff first, especially young grassroots level. Every kid needs to learn how to play out a triple threat. Every kid needs to learn how to pass, pass. That's like an, a lost art nowadays. Passing, it, it can't just be the point guard that passes. Right. Everybody yeah. has to know how to pass because if you are a post player and you catch the ball on the block, you now become the decision maker. You got to know how to read defenses. So, you know, that's why, again, you know, we have certain guys that are pros that came out of high school, but you not the point guard, but you lead the league in turnovers. Why? Because you never learned how to play out of the post and made decisions. You were just athletically gifted. So the reads are very simple for you. You would catch lobs and just dunk on people. But when you get to a level where everybody is athletic and skilled, now you have to make skilled decisions where the turnovers come. So at every level, those fundamentals become more and more important. And that's why at the grassroots level, that's why we start. So it's no accident why Porzingis is highly skilled. There's no reason why, you know, uh, uh, Sabonis' son that plays for the Pagans, there's no reason, it's no accident why he's good. There's no accident why Jokic is good. All these guys, Nurkic, all these guys from across seas are learning how to play the game at an early age, fundamental based. They learn how to play five on five basketball before they get here. Here, fundamentals i don't think the kids really start getting really 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 good unless they playing usa basketball all the high school guys that's really really good when you get to play at the usa level that's when some of them really get coached because a lot of them are talented and they pretty much can do whatever they want unless you play for a coach that holds you accountable yeah with fundamentals and stuff like that you can't talent will only take you so far there's only but so much that you're going to do with talent because you can get to a level where everybody's talented. Yeah, so that's, now, what yeah, are you going to do? Yeah, that's something that I tell a lot of players. You, you at, at the youth level, because I work with a lot of youth kids, mm -hmm. if you have a little bit of speed, a little bit of height, a little bit of athletic ability and some coordination, you know, you can beat people with your athletic ability and it looks like you're doing really well. Mm -hmm. um, but I've always told kids and I've told parents, you have to have something to stand on when that athletic ability cancels itself out when you run up against that other athletic kid. And if you mm -hmm. don't have anything to stand on, then you're gonna crumble. Or, or you're gonna become that kid that people say, hey, in sixth grade, seventh grade, they was dominating everybody, but now they're in high school, they're struggling. Or if they get to college, they're struggling. So we got to have those, got to have those skills. So you mentioned decision making. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. What what do you like to do um, to help players improve their decision making? And you don't necessarily have to say a particular drill, but just what do you like to emphasize when it comes to talking about uh, decision making? Well, one thing I like to emphasize, and this is something that I got from 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 a mentor, uh, you got to teach kids how to play out of formations. There's certain formations that are pretty common that a lot of coaches like to use. So you start with there. And with that, you, you have spacing. So you gotta know where the sweet spots on the floor are and how to get to those spots with the dribble and with the cut. 
So part of what I'll do with decision making is a player drives, you know, sometimes if you're doing like a driving kick drill, you'll drive, but I may have a basketball. And if there's another teammate that they're with that they're playing off of, I may give that other teammate the basketball. So now the player with the ball originally driving has to see, oh, that basketball represents a defender. He or she is not open. What's my counter? Right. You know what I'm saying? So if we're doing a simple uh, uh, player at the top, one player at the wing, ball from the top goes to the wing, catch, rip, drive, baseline, top person fills the spot. Okay, is he open? Is he not? What determines if he's open or not? You know, so if the player on the top, if I give the player the top, the basketball, then that person is 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 open. That That's like the defense. You're covered now. So what's our counter? I pivot, pass back to the coach, re-space, catch and shoot. That's just like a very simple drill. So I try to use like game-like scenarios to kind of help kids with their decision-making. Because again, what are we emphasizing? Dribbling with your head up, right? So you can't make no decision if you dribble and looking at the floor. You right. got to drive, draw, bring two to the basketball, or if you're driving and you got to know if you're the person that's open. Sure. Your sure. skill will take care of itself. But if you don't show that you know how to control the game and control the flow, you're just going to be like everybody else. There's, a, there's thousands of kids in America that got skill. But how many of them have skill and can play under the whistle and make good decisions? That's kind of, you know, as far as decision making is concerned, you want to manipulate your drills where you're forcing the kids to have to make critical decisions on the fly. Because yeah. that's that's the game. That's basketball. That's what happens. So it's easy for me to just say, hey, drive to the middle, kick the ball over to the side. Like, no, now, now the kids are just doing the drill. Right, right. But you got to manipulate it to where... If that person isn't open and I'm in the middle of the paint, what do I do? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know. It's cool to, to start off with, uh, especially with the younger players saying, hey, when we drive baseline, these are your, these are some options. You know, we're going to have right. weak side ba uh, baseline drift. You're mm -hmm. going to be able to pivot back around, throw it to the player behind you. Or you may be able to, if you're driving with your left hand, you may be able to throw across court, you know, and you give them those options. You tell them what may be open or what you could look for. But in order to really drive at home, you got to put them in situations where they got to make those reads. They got to make the decision. Um, do I make the pass to the corner? Do I, do I pivot back around and pass it behind? Or do I finish? Or mm -hmm. do I need to dribble out? Like right. all four of those options are there. Um, so we have to try, like you say, come up with a way to manipulate that, to force that player to think, to get outside their comfort zone a little bit and allow them to make some mistakes. Allow oh, yeah. them to make some mistakes and, and get feedback that. from them to see what, to see what they saw. And, that, and, and I always drive that home with a lot of my players. Coming to workouts, training is the ability to make mistakes without consequence. No one's going to yell at you. You're not going to scream at you or you'd be looking over your shoulder and you're getting ready to come out the game. Like you're just, if you're not making mistakes here then you're not getting better, right. you know what I'm saying? That means you're not pushing yourself to maximum ability to get the most out of what you're doing. So, 
you know, I, I just find it very, very difficult to work when, when players are not pushing themselves. You, 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 you have to get outside of your comfort zone and be willing to be uncomfortable. So I try to, even with like my beginners groups, I, I find ways to make them uncomfortable all the time because, yeah. you know, you, you haven't mastered it yet. And that's okay that you haven't, but that's why you're here. So, you know, learn how to do these things so that when you get in a game, you'll have an idea of what's going on. And also, again, what, what we tend to notice as, as coaches and player development coaches, we run into a lot of kids that don't play pickup basketball. Right. They don't play pickup. So they, they, they're, since CYO and AAU, every type of basketball they've played has always been structured, coaches, refs. They've never been in an environment where they've had to take care of themselves. Yeah, figure some stuff out. Own decision, figure some things out. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's interesting now because of the pandemic, we had it here. Um, One of the gentlemen in our area, you know, uses the same gym that I use for space. And he created like an environment for the girls to go and play pickup. And you'll be amazed with pretty much, I want to say a good 85, 90% of the girls never play pickup basketball. Mm -hmm. So it's like, explaining to them the rules and hey if you get hit it's okay to call for your foul like that kind of thing like you know like that 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 it was it was very it's very interesting to watch because now the kids are so cell phone driven that their communication skills is something else that they need to work on being social in an environment where you're playing pickup basketball hey you know, it's pretty structured when they go in the gym, you know, you sign a list and you do this and do that. But without the list, if you were to go to a gym, how else would you find out who got next if you don't talk to nobody? Right. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you got to find out what's going on. You got to open your hey. mouth. You got to say something. So, Man. you know, you got to, you got to, you got to learn how to advocate for yourself when you go in the pickup. And I think, you know, a lot of the kids are not very comfortable with that because they don't they don't want to they, they they'll go and play basketball with their friends yeah you know what i'm saying they'll go where it's comfortable it's never it, it depends on where those kids are you know i'll go and watch a group of kids play and it's not serious you know what i'm saying they yeah. They, yeah. They, they 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 playing around they're taking crazy shots you know kids yeah. don't got their sneakers tied up you like like this this can't be no no serious run so Players that want to get better, that really have a drive to want to improve. If you're one of the better players in the park or in the gym, you're in the wrong spot. You got to go to a place where there's people that's better than you, right. that's going to push you so that you get better, you know, wherever that is. And, you know, you got to do some, some, some research sometimes. You got to find out, you know, where, where those runs are. But you also can't just show up to some of them gyms. A lot of them places is invite only. Yes. So, you know, and, and it's like that for a reason, you know what I'm saying? You can't just let certain people come in the gym because it messes up the quality of the run. You know what I'm saying? You still got to learn how to play. You know, when we came up, you know, there was an A court, and there was a B court, you oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, you know, that's, that's, yep. that's universal all across the board. So it's like, yep. you got your chance to play on the A court. You don't want to mess things up. And what oh. helped me was I knew how to pass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I keep my bigs happy, 
I'll always be able to play on the A court because I don't make mistakes. Don't do nothing crazy out here, but you got to hit guys the ball, give them the ball when they're open. Yeah. If you over over dribbling is when you miss an opportunity. Sometimes you got to keep your dribble. But over dribbling is when you miss a cutter, miss the shooter, miss the guy, button hook, pin, postman's open, and you still dribbling it. That 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 that's over dribbling. Yeah. But when you're driving and no one's open, you can't just pick it up. You gotta keep that dribble. Yeah. So you know, you know, I think coaches have to teach kids that, oh man, he's dribbling too much, he's dribbling too much. Well, define that. What does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's and that's how I define it. When I say you're dribbling too much, that means you're missing opportunities. The defense is now in their shell. You you gotta keep the ball moving. We want to force the defense to be in a scramble closeout situation. So if you're not creating those kind of environments for the defense, now you got it too long. Yeah. So, you know, part of, again, why I love group so much is you can teach all of those skills without having to stop and, you know, coach and preach about certain stuff. That's why, again, I put the clock to it. The clock is the best indicator to show kids what they need to work on because you got 12 seconds and the ball is the first six seconds, the ball is still on one side of the floor. And, and then you wind up getting a contested shot. The ball never gets to the other side of the floor. So what are we teaching them? You got to keep the ball moving. If you keep the ball moving side to side, we're going to force closeouts. Yeah. You want to force that closeout, give your teammate a two-second window to make a play. Well, the, the last thing I want to talk to you about, man, is players' mentality you know, the, the mental state of the game. Because we know that, you know, confidence is huge in basketball. If you feel like you belong or, or, or that you can play with anybody, you, you got a good chance to be able to do that. Now, you got to have skills to be able to back that up. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm sure you've had players come to you and say, Coach, I'm struggling. I'm in a slump. Uh, what advice do you give those players or what advice would you give coaches when you're talking about helping players with their with their mental side of the game? Well, once I think with with coaching, you know, and this goes far beyond, you know, the basketball portion, you got to really get to know your players. You got to build relationships with kids so you know what approach you need to use in those kind of situations because I'm big on praising right and correcting wrong. So, you know, if a kid is struggling, the minute that they do something well, hey man, yo, that was great. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really want to give, I like to call it that epidermic affection. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, winning teams talk and touch. So I'm, I'm a big advocate on that. You know what I'm saying? So when a kid does something well, fist bump, yo, you know, great job. Hey, you know, I know that you may not be hitting your shot, but you're doing a really good job of, of, of getting Johnny to basketball when he's free. You're doing a very good job of communicating. Those things take a, they, they go a long way when a kid happens to be struggling. And then define struggling. What, what are you struggling in? You're not making your shot? Well, there's thousands of other things that you can do in the game to be effective without scoring. So if you're not making, if you're not making shots, then you still can be a very effective player and help your team win games. Ultimately, that's the goal. If you're someone that 
it's turning the ball over. Well, let's 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 look at that. Let's let's look at why you're turning the ball over. Maybe you're over penetrating. If you go too far down and you're getting around too many hands, now you 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 have to try to make plays around hands. Deflection leads to a turnover or a missed opportunity. You know, maybe you you you're holding on to the ball a little bit too long. You're not getting it off it early. Maybe you're not making the simple play. Every play does need doesn't need to be one hand bounce pass, thread the needle through two people when you got the guy wide open in the corner that's open. Right. Simplicity wins over everything. So when you're dealing with the player that that that's struggling with the confidence thing, you really want to just continue to praise everything that they do right. Be 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 energetic, you know what I'm saying, and 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 help them out in any way that you can. But really get to know your players because some people. You can coach kids hard, you know what I'm saying? You can coach them hard, you can get on them, you know what I'm saying? And that might motivate them to play better. Some can't do that, you know what I'm saying? You know, you gotta know, you gotta know what approach. You really gotta know the temperature of your players. Yes. So that first and foremost, I think is very important when dealing with confidence level, because you have some kids that beat themselves up when they make a mistake. You know what I'm saying? You have some kids that think they're really, really good and they're not that good. You know what I'm saying? So you 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 run a you run across a lot of players that you know they have to take a piece of that humble pie, and you got to put them in environments that make them uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? To show them you good, but you're not quite there yet. You know what I'm saying? Or the kids that come out and oh man, these kids aren't really that good. You know, so you know you don't play as hard. So now I got to challenge you in other ways. So. If I was a college coach and I watched you in here, knowing that the competition isn't that good, how do you dominate a basketball game without scoring the basketball? What else are you doing? Are you able to get the person that's not that talented shots? Are you that good? You know what I'm saying? Are you good enough to be able to play multiple positions on the floor and be that missing link for your team? So, you know, I always tell kids, when you watch division one players in high school, Division one players fill in the blanks of whatever the team is missing, right. regardless of size and stuff like that. So you might be six five and you might be more of a guard, but the coach needs you to play up front because you're one of the taller guys on the team. So you know how to fill in the blanks. The coach has a particular offense because the offense fits the structure of the team. You being the division one player, hey coach, what do you need me to do? I need you to play up front. You know, we have a dribble drive offense. I need you to pick a dive to the rim. Okay, cool. Have no problem with doing that. I can pick and dive. I can pick and pop. I can set a screen, then set a wide pin, come back and get the basketball. It's, there's thousands of things that I can do that can be effective. But I also know how to communicate to my teammates. Hey, make sure he's got the ball here. Hey, and you're bringing the ball up the floor set him up, use a little bit of a setup move that I'm going to sprint to you and come screen for you. Like division one players do the little things that make a big deal and they bring the level up of their teammates. Yeah. So that's, that's always, always major. When you have kids watching basketball, which again, a lot of kids aren't doing, they're watching the highlights, they're watching the highlights. They don't have the obedience and the discipline to sit down and watch a complete game of basketball. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 definitely true. I I, I ask kids all the time, how many of y'all watch basketball? 
and they hardly ever watch it. They can't hardly tell me any players that, that's, that's playing in, in college or in the NBA or WNBA. Yeah. They'll watch sports. They'll watch the highlights. Again, they're very driven yeah. to this, the phone. So they, they, they can get on YouTube and they'll look up certain things or, you know, whatever streaming on Instagram, you know, certain players that they are popular through yeah. social media. They'll watch their clips, but you never see the mistakes. You don't see the bad shots. You don't see the missed assignments on defense. You don't see the bad closeouts. You don't. You don't see any of that stuff on the highlights. They have. They have to learn also how to watch, how to actually watch and pay attention to the game. Because even right. if they do watch a game, like you say, they're watching for the highlights. So they don't understand how a particular player came off a screen, or why they faded, or why they hard curled to the basket. Um, right. Why did you know the screener set the screen and popped open? You know they don't mm-hmm. understand how to look for how they are attacking closeouts. They just saw that they hit a three pointer. They saw that this player cut to the basket and got a dunk. So they have to learn how to watch film. And I think if they if they find That's- a way to learn how to watch the game and actually study the game, then it it they see it in a different light. So. I think that's I think that's major. I think you know you ask a lot of kids who their favorite player is. So if I'm a kid and I tell you that Steph Curry is my favorite player, and I ask you, well, why why is he your favorite player? And it's you know it's going to be very very generic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you know he's popular. He he he's flashy because you know he can handle the ball and he shoots a lot of threes and stuff like that. But what are some of the things that he did to create? those threes that he's knocking down, especially when the ball is not in his hand. You know what I'm saying? Like one of the things that makes Steph Curry extremely dangerous is his ability to play without the basketball. Yeah. And, 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 you know, but what kids see are the highlights that they put up when he's coming down and coming off of a drag screen shooting from 30 feet, you know, but you, but you don't, you don't see him coming off of those, those flare screens, you don't see the advanced pass from Draymond Green to Steph Curry mm-hmm. in transition when the defense is scrambling. If I got to run back and transition defense, I got to pay attention to James Wiseman running the floor. It's like, oh, shoot, where's Steph at? It's too late. By then, he's got it coming down, and he can come down and shoot from 30. You know what I'm saying? In transition. So very dangerous at, at that point. Clay Thompson, again, very good off the ball. Watch these guys off the ball. So if you're a good shooter, you know, and I was just talking about this with another uh, another coach. I like to do shooting drills that involve moving. I'll do spot shots after we did some conditioning. You know what I'm saying? Because it's very rare that you're going to be able to stand in one spot and make a shot. You know, so you, you know, once guys know you can shoot, you ain't getting no more of those. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get those. The only time you might get that is in transition, which involves you sprint to your spot or offensive rebound, kick out, stand still three. That'd be the only time that that's happening. So, you know, I like to do a lot of drills that involve moving and shooting. But with younger kids, we're not shooting a lot of threes. We, we, we shoot an elbow, baseline shot, mid-range wing, we shoot in spots, those spots, but learning how to cut to those areas, catch and shoot. You gotta, you gotta learn how to do that. So when you do that, now you're, you're working on your conditioning, but you're working on your balance. You're working on your footwork. You know, like I, with my older kids, 
if you when I'm watching you shooting, I need to see if your footwork is consistent. So my thing is, is we can't even go into elbow over the eyebrow, follow through. We can't get to that part if your footwork is jacked up. Like if you you're shooting the same way, you if you shoot if your footwork is consistent the same way. Now I can say, okay, you got to make sure that your hips are dropped and you got to hold that follow through. But if your footwork is bad, we got to take care of the base first, the foundation. We got to take care of that base. Well, Coach, man, I appreciate you uh, coming on here. I know we had a little technical difficulty, but uh, we was able to get some things worked out. Uh, why don't you let everybody know how they can connect with you on social media and you can plug any, any type of services or products you may have? Oh man! Uh, again, thank thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity. Um, anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm on Instagram at Pinnacle Basketball Coach Coop. Uh, it's Facebook. It's Pinnacle Basketball Coach Cooper. Um, as far as any products, you know, I, my website is www.pinnacle-basketball.com. And you can find out all my information, all my training information, and, and things of that nature there. So um, again, it was I was it was a pleasure to to be on here. I really enjoyed you know doing this with you. You know, talking to other coaches. It's always good to connect. You know, if I ever come into the area, would love to connect and um, and stop in and and do some work with you and, and some of your players, and vice versa. You, you're always welcome to come if you're ever making a trip. You know, we can always make arrangements for that. Well, that's it for today's show. I appreciate everyone that tuned in. I hope you found it valuable and informative. If you like today's show, please share on social media and tag me. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at NBNBball. Also, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and please give me a five-star rating. Also, be sure to check out my book, The Skill Development Playbook. This book will help you understand how to get organized and know what real skill development is. It can be found on my website by visiting tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book. Paperback is $9.99. The PDF version is $3.95. And also going to be found on Amazon. Just search Skill Development Playbook and it should pop up. It's $9.99 for the paperback or $3.99 for the Kindle version. Now, if you need to contact me for anything skill development related, I can be reached by email at info at tjonesfirm.com. That's info at tjonesfirm.com. Again, I appreciate you for tuning in. Until next time, thank you. God bless.